Get Sleepy is a production of Slumber Studios and is made possible thanks to the generous support of our sponsors and premium members. If you'd like to listen ad-free and access weekly bonus episodes, extra long stories, and our entire back catalogue, you can try out Premium free for seven days by following the link in the episode notes. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. I'm your host, Thomas. Thanks so much for joining us. In tonight's tale, we'll meet the charming Pocket family once again for the second part of their adventure. If you missed the first story on Monday, don't worry. For now, all you need to know about the pockets is that they are tiny. Each member of the family is smaller than the palm of your hand. We'll soon join them for a leisurely trip around the garden as they explore a world far bigger than they are. For our premium supporters, you'll be able to hear both parts of this story stitched together as one long-length episode this Friday on Get Sleepy Premium. If you're not a premium supporter yet, you can try Get Sleepy Premium with a seven-day free trial when you first sign up. As a premium member, you'll have access to over 500 full-length episodes completely and entirely ad-free. Plus, every Thursday, we release a brand new bonus episode, exclusive to the premium feed. Tomorrow, I'll be reading a story about a school student spending an evening at home, enjoying the relaxing elements of her research project. To hear that, plus our Pocket Family Stitch this Friday, go to getsleepy.com support or just follow the link in the show notes. It would be amazing to have your support. Remember, the first seven days are free, so why not give it a try? So now, let's take some time to unwind before our story begins. For the next few moments, 
it would be ideal if you're able to lie on your back while we go through a simple relaxation exercise that I know many of you really enjoy. If lying on your back isn't comfortable for you, then don't worry, you'll still be able to follow along. Just begin with a deep inhale, feeling your belly rise as you take in the air. And then exhale, noticing how the belly lowers as the air leaves your body. Allow that slower pace of breath to continue. And with your breathing slow and steady, I now want you to place your attention on your toes. And imagine that there is a light switch for your toes. Right now, it's switched on, as it has been all day. You're ready for bed now, though. So just turn that light switch off. Noticing how your toes relax. Move your attention to your feet and turn off the switch for your feet as well. Now, turn off the switch for your lower legs. your knees, your thighs, and then your buttocks and hips, allowing everything below your waist to relax. Just pay attention and notice how your lower body feels. Now you've switched everything off. Focus now on your abdomen and turn off the light switch there. And then your chest, your back, your shoulders, your arms, your hands and fingers. Sense the decrease of activity and the increase of relaxation in your upper body. Turn off the light switch for your neck. And last of all, your face and your head.
with every part of your body switched off, you can truly sink into your bed and rest easily as we enjoy part two with the Pocket family. It's time for me to hand over to Simon once again as we witness the world from a much smaller perspective. The Pockets are a family of four, Ma, Pa, and their children, Matilda and Joe. All of them are so small that they could fit inside a box of matches. For years, this tiny family lived hidden away in the back of a kitchen cupboard. They lived here quite happily, completely unnoticed by the elderly couple who owned the home. But a few months ago, everything changed. The elderly couple packed up and left. And only a short while later, a new family arrived, ready to make the house a home. The new residents are called the Grangers. And they're quite unlike the former elderly residents. There's a mum in her 30s and a daughter of just five years old. The Pockets like the Grangers, finding them to be a kind and quiet family to live with. Things are even better now that the Grangers are fully moved in, with carpets laid throughout the house and every wall coated in fresh, bright paint. All of their boxes have long been unpacked and new homes found for each piece of furniture. Among these items is the Pocket's new home, the little girl's dollhouse. This is quite a step up for the family, who had once slept in a tissue box. To their eyes, it's a mansion, a home worthy of royalty. And though the Pockets are a bunch who could make the best of any situation, life in the dollhouse really is a dream come true. Its three floors are connected by stairs, and there's even a lift to the right of the building. Each room is beautifully decorated and furnished, including the main bedroom on the top floor. Ma and Pa sleep here now, in a large double bed. Its white wooden frame sits at the centre of the room, on a carpet of creamy beige. The mattress is covered with pale yellow bedding, which matches the linen curtains. These colours also complement the creamy white wallpaper, which is decorated with a patterned border of buttercups and daisies. 
It's a rather traditional room, more country cottage than sleek and modern. But it feels airy and bright. And as fortune has it, the decoration is just to Mars' liking. She often comments on how lucky they are to have found such a home. It's almost as if the rooms were designed for her. What Pa likes best of all, though, is the bed. It's warm and cosy, with sheets that smell like fresh spring flowers. And then there's its ample size. To the tiny pockets, the bed is a king-sized paradise of soft, velvety comfort. It's so comfortable, in fact, that Ma and Pa wake up smiling just as they have done every morning since moving. This morning, after waking up, they exchange warm and cheery greetings. Then they both step out of bed, stretch and yawn in perfect unison. Next, they make their way across the top floor, heading towards the bedrooms of their son and daughter. Ma goes to wake Matilda, who is sound asleep in a bedroom of pinks and purples. Next door, Pa finds Joe, who's awake and smiling beside his neatly made bed. Joe isn't known to be the tidiest of the pockets. He usually needs a few reminders before he eventually makes his bed. On any other day, Pa might have been surprised to see Joe's bed looking so neat and tidy. This morning, however, Pa isn't so surprised, because everyone knows that Joe loves an adventure. And today, the whole family have an adventure ahead of them. They made the plans for this adventure a fortnight ago. Early one morning, before the humans were awake, Pa and Joe were out exploring. At one point, they came to rest on the kitchen windowsill. The sun was rising, illuminating the back garden one inch at a time. So, Pa and Joe sat down together to take in the view, just as they had done many times before. But as they were basking in the glow of warm sunlight, they noticed that something was different. Cool air was wafting towards them from a gap in the panelled window. Pa had already known that the windows were new. They'd been installed just a few days ago by the Granger's helpful friends. But it was only now, sitting on the sill, that Pa realised what the new windows could do. They could be locked securely into place while leaving a gap about an inch wide. For humans like the Grangers, this meant the luxury of a cool breeze, even through their locked windows. But for tiny people like the Pockets, this meant so much more. That inch of space 
would allow them to leave and return to the house. For the first time in their lives, the pockets could explore the garden. Ever since this discovery, the family have been preparing for their grand day out. The children have been studying, learning all they can about the outside world. Joe has watched countless shows on the massive TV screen in the living room. He turns it on himself, dancing across the buttons of the large rectangular remote. And once he finds a channel he likes, he sinks back into the comfy leather sofa. He often stays for hours, watching one nature program after another, as if he were in his own private cinema. Matilda, on the other hand, prefers to read. And luckily for her, there are lots of books to learn from. The Granger child is also fascinated by nature, whether it's plants or flowers, birds or butterflies. And she has every kind of book lined up on her shelves and piled beside her bed. Matilda reads them when the girl is out at school. She walks over the vast pages, taking in the words and bright, colourful pictures. Sometimes she takes notes, recording useful facts about the outdoors and even copying the illustrations. Their parents have attended to more practical matters. Pa has spent his evenings sharpening toothpicks, ensuring the family's walking sticks are in tip-top condition. He's gone through each person's backpack, checking their inventory and testing their equipment. Most important of all are the climbing ropes, a combination of knotted string, safety pins and picture hooks. The ropes have received special attention, being knotted and re-knotted, double and triple checked. After all, the ropes will be used to climb up and down the wall outside. They're key to the whole operation. Ma has been just as busy, sewing and mending various items of clothes. She's particularly proud of the family's waterproof ponchos, having pieced them together from scraps of plastic bags. But they're unlikely to need them, according to the weather forecast. The human on the big screen has predicted day-long sunshine. What the family will definitely need, however, is what Ma has been working on in the kitchen. She's been saving and storing all kinds of food items, delicious morsels of leftovers. Then, in the last few days, she's been cooking and baking to her heart's content. And now it's ready. The most scrumptious picnic feast you could ever imagine. But right now, the family have breakfast on their minds. On their way down to the kitchen, Joe and Matilda 
pass through the elegant dining room and admire the fireplace. The family love this spot because even though the fire is plastic, it has the effects of a real fire. Through the magic of batteries, orange flames flicker across its surface. The fireplace crackles and pops, mimicking the sounds of wooden logs burning. After enjoying the sights and sounds of the fireplace, Joe and Matilda join their parents in the kitchen. The family sit together, dining on a meal of golden, buttery toast crumbs topped with gooey strawberry jam. They wash it down with freshly squeezed orange juice, which is wonderfully sweet and citrusy. The pockets are all thankful for another delicious meal, courtesy of the humans and the morsels they leave behind. Then everyone gets ready to go. They all dress in their most practical clothes and rub protective sun cream over any exposed skin. Next, they put on their backpacks, complete with climbing ropes, walking sticks and picnic food for later. And in no time at all, they're climbing into the glamorous pink doll car, which is parked beside the house. This is perhaps the greatest perk of living in the dollhouse. The car works by remote control, allowing the family to travel everywhere. Journeys that previously took hours now take only minutes. And better still, with Matilda on the controls, a ride in the car can be smooth and relaxing. It's a lovely way to travel. Now, the pockets are sailing across the glossy wooden floorboards of the living room. As they drive in comfortable silence, they gaze at their surroundings and enjoy the sensation of the cool air on their faces. Soon, they cross the living room and reach the fluffy hallway carpet. Then, the family drive out onto the smooth flooring of the Granger's kitchen. After parking the car beneath the table, the pockets continue their journey on foot. With their trusty climbing ropes, they scale the kitchen cupboards and climb onto the shiny marble countertops. Soon, they're on the windowsill. Standing side by side, the family look out at the view together, their eyes wide with wonder. In the back garden, there's an average-sized lawn, rectangular in shape, bordered by rose bushes. The garden is enclosed by a tall wooden fence, and beyond the lawn is a shed. Both the fence panels and the shed have recently been painted. They've been lovingly restored in a striking chestnut red. The only other change is the new fountain at the centre of the garden, brought here by the Grangers. 
For the tiny pocket family, this is no ordinary garden, but something infinitely larger and more wonderful. The shed is like a chestnut red citadel. Miles of emerald lawn stretch out before it, and beside the greenery is an enchanted forest of ruby-like blooms. And right at the center of the lawn is the main attraction, the fountain. From the pocket's perspective, it's truly a wonder. A colossal series of gushing waterfalls as wide as Victoria Falls. Water cascades from a giant, sky-high pineapple at the top of the ivory fountain. It flows down into a huge marble basin and then spills over into an even larger pool below. All the while, the soothing sound of running water fills the air. The pockets are listening to the fountain now through the gap in the window. They can feel the breeze too, which carries the sweet fragrance of roses. Pa is the first to step forward, securing his rope to the frame of the window. Then, with a bright and beaming smile, he exits through the gap, disappearing from view as he descends. The rest of the family follow, climbing down the wall until they've all landed on the stone floor. From the kitchen windowsill, their view of the garden had been partly obscured. The family had expected to find grass beneath the window, so it's a lovely surprise to land on the sand-colored patio instead. The stone is especially beautiful now, as it sparkles in the bright morning sunlight. Like tourists strolling across some distant shoreline, the family begin to cross the golden patio. They can feel the warmth of the sun on their skin, and with each step they're brought closer to the sound of the fountain's ever-flowing water. As they approach the lawn, its true size is revealed. The grass was cut only yesterday and still carries the smell of freshly mown lawn. Even so, the blades of grass tower above the pockets. The family pause at the edge of the patio, gathering their toothpicks from their backpacks. Then onwards they walk, using their sticks to traverse the ground ahead. As they take their first steps across the lawn, they notice that the soil is moist from the fresh morning dew. It feels soft and comfortable underfoot. The family walk in single file and are careful to stay together. But while the lawn feels like a jungle to the pockets, there's enough space between each blade of grass to allow them to pass through easily. Pa walks at the front, 
with Joe and Matilda following, and Ma at the rear. They're such a happy bunch of hikers, humming and singing as they go. And as it's their first family experience of the outdoors, the children are keen to share their nature-related facts. They tell their parents everything they know about flowers and trees, birds and insects. When the pockets aren't singing or talking, they walk on in easy silence, exploring the garden with their senses. They bask in the aroma of freshly cut grass and the scent of fresh, sweet roses. And they listen to the birds singing, thinking it's the most beautiful sound they've ever heard. The grass itself is equally lovely, more so with each passing moment. As the sun rises higher in the sky, more of the lawn is bathed in sunlight. Each blade glistens and glimmers as it sways in the breeze. The lawn resembles a gem-filled treasure chest. Soon, the pockets catch sight of red among the green as the roses come into view. Lured by the scent of sweet flowers, Pa has led the family to one of the rose beds. And though he didn't intend to come here first, he's delighted to be here. The sprawling bushes are a sight to behold, an enchanted forest full of sweet-smelling magic. The rose blooms are like layered velvet cups in vibrant ruby reds. From root to bloom, the plants twist upwards, forming a beautiful canopy of leaves and blossoms. It's nearing midday when the family grow hungry. They decide to eat their picnic on the petals of a flower. It's a rose that dangles above the lawn like the pendant of a necklace. Pa goes first, throwing his rope up towards the bloom. Once he's secured its hook on a thorn, he begins to climb. Soon, the whole family have settled down on the rose petal. Only Ma knows exactly what is included in the picnic. But as each tinfoil packet is opened, the efforts of her labours are gradually revealed. There's a multitude of cheese sandwiches, each cut into neat golden triangles. A favourite among the pockets, these are the first things to be eaten. Next are tiny skewers of tomato, pepper, onion and asparagus. There's also a creamy potato salad, slices of salted egg yolk, and a cheese and onion quiche. Everything is beautifully cooked and seasoned, and it's the perfect food to be eaten outdoors. As spring turns to summer, the Granger family have been enjoying a broader 
and more colourful diet. And now that she's settled in, the mother seems keen to try out her new kitchen. She's proving to be quite the chef. The morsels that drop from the table are the perfect size for the tiny family living nearby. To wash down this delicious picnic food, the pockets sip on purple grape juice. And for dessert, Ma has transformed the crumbs of a snack bar into a scrumptious chocolate mousse. The family eat in happy silence. The petal beneath them is so comfortable, smooth and velvety. It also offers a wonderful view of the garden. The shed towers high into the sky, like a chestnut-red palace, and water spills down the stunning ivory fountain. From the flower, the pockets can see the water in the fountain's lower basin. It stretches out before them like a massive lake, glistening in the sunlight. Water falls from above, foaming as it hits the surface. Bubbles spread across the basin, carried along by endless rippling waves. To the pockets, who have never glimpsed the ocean, the view is simply breathtaking. And though the water is some distance ahead, they can hear it clearly. The sound is like nothing they've ever experienced. They all close their eyes and simply listen to the water and the birds and all the sounds of nature in the garden. Like sunbathers relaxing on the shore, the family enjoy the warmth of the sunny day. They can smell the sun cream and the roses' sweet perfume, which wraps around them like a blanket. The flower sways in the gentle breeze, rocking back and forth like a baby's cradle. Eventually, the pockets are lulled to sleep. The family are the picture of contentment, napping within the rose bloom. Joe and Matilda smile as they sleep, while Ma snores in happy slumber. Now and then, Pa mumbles and chuckles, amused by something deep within a dream. Sometime later, when Pa stirs on the petal, he isn't quite sure whether he is dreaming or awake. Flying nearby is the most beautiful creature that he has ever seen. A gorgeous sky-blue butterfly. One by one, the rest of the family wake up, roused by the sound of wings gently flapping. They sit up and stare curiously as the butterfly comes to rest on a nearby bloom. The pockets have seen butterflies before, from behind the glass of the kitchen window. And they've seen them on the screen, too, in nature shows. But none of this compares to the sight and size of the creature before them. 
perfectly symmetrical, its upper and lower wings are the loveliest shade of azure blue. Around the edges is a border of cloud-like white. Thin black lines run throughout its wings, which are so delicate that it's almost as if they've been drawn on. They're like the veins of a leaf, hidden beneath the blue. At the center of its wings, the butterfly's body is an equally vibrant blue. And it's furry, too, like a plush, sky-colored sofa. On its head, two antennae point upwards in a V-shape. They're just as delicate as the black lines on its wings. The family watch the butterfly in silence for a moment. Then Matilda takes out her notebook and turns to a page displaying many sketches of butterflies. She reads aloud, explaining that this is a male butterfly, an Adonis Blue, known for its striking color. According to her notes, it's a fairly small variety. Of course, the butterfly doesn't look small to the tiny pocket family, especially not as it takes flight once more, gliding towards the flower where they're sitting. The butterfly lands gracefully, resting its feet on the layered petals. Then it begins to drink slowly, using its tongue like a straw to suck up the flower's nectar. The family watch in awe-struck silence, only a petal away from where the butterfly drinks. Finally, this gorgeous creature finishes its meal. The family expect the butterfly to take flight, soaring through the skies in search of more nectar. But instead, the creature comes to rest on the petal where the pockets are sitting. And what happens next is stranger still. It seems to look towards the tiny family, acknowledging their presence with a nod of its head. Then it lowers itself even further, as if inviting the family to climb on its back. Joe and Matilda need no further encouragement. With their backpacks secured, they take a seat at the front of its body. Ma and Pa follow behind them, a little more cautiously than their children. But, although they're unsure at first, these thoughts soon fade away. As they settle down on the butterfly's soft fur, a feeling of comfort and safety washes over them. The creature seems to wait until everyone is settled. Then it flaps its wings slowly and gracefully and rises from the rose petal. It flies around the garden, sailing through the sky with elegance and ease. 
For the pockets, this is a most pleasant and relaxing ride. Waves of fresh air roll over them. The breeze feels delightfully cooling in the afternoon sun. But best of all are the views from above. As the butterfly soars higher, the pocket family begin to see the world as a human might. First, they have a view of the garden and the house, and then the neighboring buildings. Soon, they can see the whole street. It's lined with red brick buildings on both sides. Each house has a driveway at its front and cars in various bright colors. At the back, each residence has its own garden, separated by fence panels. All are different in shape and design, except for the fact that they are bursting with color. It's a truly magical experience for the pockets to see the world from a whole new perspective. As the butterfly glides through the air, Joe finds himself thinking out loud. He wonders whether there are other tiny people, just like them, hidden within the homes and gardens of their neighbors. Ma chuckles. There might be other tiny people, she says, but none quite like them. The family laugh heartily. Slowly, the butterfly returns to the garden and begins flying around the fountain. Its movements are graceful. Maintaining its height, it flies just below the top of the fountain, where water spills out from the giant stone pineapple. Like tourists on a sightseeing flight, the pockets point at the nearby waterfalls. As wonderful as they'd seemed from afar, the views close up are even better. From here, the pockets can see the cloud-like mist that rises above the fountain top. They notice the whiteness of the water as it cascades downwards, flowing into the upper basin. But more than anything, they can hear even feel the water. The sound of its rumbling vibrates through their bodies, leading to a sense that they are somehow connected, not only to the water, but to nature overall. The pockets smile, filled with wonder as the butterfly glides downwards. It comes to rest on the edge of the lower basin and allows the family to step off onto the ivory stone. The children stroke its soft blue fur as if it were a beloved family pet. Just as before, the butterfly seems to nod in acknowledgement. Then it flies away, disappearing into a sky as blue as its wings. 
Of course, the family had intended to visit the fountain's lower basin. They just didn't expect their journey to be quite so effortless. Setting down their backpacks, the children get ready to swim. Then they climb off the edge, lowering themselves into the lovely, cool water. Ma and Pa remove their shoes and socks and pull up their trousers. Then they sit beside the water, allowing their feet to dangle in. The pool is just the right temperature, especially now with the sun burning brightly. Relaxing on the side, Ma sips on leftover fruit juice. It's the perfect drink for lounging by the pool. She watches the children as they swim, a skill they learned in the kitchen sink. And she laughs merrily as they play and splash, their grinning faces bobbing above the surface. It lightens her heart to see them so happy. Pa watches too, though it isn't long before he's reaching for his backpack. He takes out a pencil and a large cream sketch pad. Resting it on his knee, he begins to draw. He traces the outline of the water's surface, curving his pencil around its waves and ripples. Next, he adds shade darker in some places and lighter in others, capturing the sunlight as it dances on the water. Finally, in the distance, he draws the ivory stone at the fountain's center. It's beautifully masked by a veil of frothy waterfall. Pa loves to draw. He finds it soothing and relaxing. Drawing allows him to preserve a special moment, long after that moment has passed. And Pa is keen to treasure the memory of this special day. Even as he puts the finishing touches to his drawing, he knows exactly where it will go when the family return home. He'll hang it in the dining room, above the plastic fireplace that the family love so much. Each morning, as they eat their breakfast, they can look at the picture and remember this moment. What Pa doesn't yet know, as he sits by the water, is that there are many more special moments ahead. Thanks to that gap in the kitchen window, this day trip around the garden is just the first of many. From now on, whenever they like, the pockets can walk through the emerald grassland and swim beneath the fountain's waterfall. They can take a picnic on the petals of a rose, and they can even fall asleep in that sweet-smelling flower dreaming of the day's adventures. <laughs>